0: The animals will take over the zoo.
1: All the reindeers will go in different directions. Mm.
2: listener to episode 115 of the electronic wireless show rock paper shotguns pc gaming podcast and the only podcast you need in my opinion and this week following on from our rip-roaring success of the autumn games the autumnal theme last week we're going to do wintry games for which i am joined by the lich king Nick oh, he
0: doesn't sound like that oh, well you know imagine
2: yeah <laughs> Put your own jokes in. uh, (laughs) And we're honoured also to be joined by Jack Frost himself. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Uh, No,
1: it's actually me. It's Matthew. (laughs) Oh, Matthew. (laughs) This week we're
0: talking about drum and bass.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, How are you, Matthew? I did see this is live reaction, but I saw you got caught in a I, I left storm. and it
1: wasn't raining. In fact, when I entered this very long uh, canal path tunnel, it wasn't raining. But by the time I got to the other end of the tunnel, it was raining incredibly heavily. Oh. And I got trapped. Uh was quite worried that I wasn't going to get in home in time for an important business call. Uh, so I had to get Catherine to come and save me and drive near to the canal so I could get in a car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, it was actually it was it was pretty intense.
2: That's very good. It sounds sort of like one of those kind of PSA like safety ads from like the seventies, starring a small child. You know, like a, a warning about walking under tunnels near canals yeah,
1: I've just started, I've, and the dangers there. I've just started hanging out down the canals quite a lot this last week. I um, mean, I like it. <laughs> like I've literally been there like like four out of seven days.
0: Are you just sort of test driving your new lifestyle as a 1970s delinquent? <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, and it's going very well, apart from the rain.
2: Are you, like, smoking and, like, throwing your fag ends at smaller kids? Not, and stuff?
1: No, not really. I'll uh, more of a sort of buy a bag of sweets and munch on my sweets as I walk along the canal. Don't tell Catherine that. I hope she's not listening oh. to this podcast.
2: <laughs> so more of a kind of... Just William vibe, in fact. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That. I
1: mean, that is. I got big Just William energy. That's what I've been going for.
2: (laughs) You do actually. Just Matthew. I've never thought of that before, but you do have big Just William energy. Well, Ashley always
0: (laughs) says you're like a good schoolboy turning bad on this podcast. So the prophecy is. Just William wasn't like a was he? Was he right? I can't really remember. Yeah, he was
1: jailed he was for all right. hate crimes. He was just... Oh no! <laughs> oh
2: my god! His defence of "it's just William" yeah, the... <laughs> doesn't really sort of hold up. Not after a curb
0: stomp, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: a uh, yeah, the terrible, you know, like how there was a sequel to a kill, to uh, to kill a mockingbird in the dark, just William sequel.
0: He joins the Brown shirts. <laughs> <chest. laughs> mm. Oh God! It was contemporaneous, wasn't it? Probably. In that it happens oh. in oh the my 20th
2: God, century. This... Yeah. Well, bloody hell. Um, Nate, how are you? <laughs> have you done any good tank work
0: this oh, weekend? Oh, have I ever? Uh, actually, the reason we're recording a little bit later today is because I had to take a delivery. Uh, and let me tell you, I have got some treats. I have just taken uh, well <laughs> taken ownership of three. Dwarf pufferfish, who are freshwater pufferfish, and they're as big as peas. Oh. Oh. I've called them the green gladiators. How How
2: big do they puff?
0: Uh, You don't ever want them to get that stressed out, but if you did, maybe as big as yogurt-covered raisins.
2: They're really
0: little guys. Blimey. As you know, I don't name individual fish because they sort of form into gangs. So, yeah, these are the green gladiators. I've also got um, uh, some tiny little freshwater crabs, the smallest freshwater crab in the world, uh, which are even smaller. I love really little animals.
1: But they're harder to see and and so appreciate, surely. Like, I like like blockbuster
0: animals. You know, I I like the
1: big ones. Even do kind big of, stuff.
0: Kind of, I bet if you came to my house, you'd you'd look at one of my like tiny, incredibly precise sort of nano tanks. You so you get another three blue whales in there, mate. Pack them in. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all about less is more. Ha- less is more.
2: They have a display. I said display. They have a big thing at the um, Brighton Aquarium that's called Tank Busters, and it's just a massive, massive tank. Uh, full of these fish that people get and then don't realise how massive they get. It's just a it's a big it's a tank full of units basically well, they the that they've had to rehome. With well, a it's in a quite it's a big tank, mate. I can't I can't now, you know it's
0: if if you're up for it and I realise your um your leadership rating has has decreased by one statistic point Uh, this, this week. So I will give you the option of me going on this tangent, but I've got a really dark story. How long will it take? All right, go on then. I used to work at London Aquarium and yeah, uh, it was a place and they got given loads of fish for rehousing in exactly those circumstances. Now you know your London Aquariums built in the old GLC building on the South Bank. Mm. There's only bloody mm. catacombs underneath it. These massive vaults, and they were full of these prefab swimming pools, the circular polymer jobs, mm. and all of the fish that just got given to them that they had no room to put on display, just went in these big prefab swimming pools in a vault underground. God. And it it, it was like the Satan zone. <laughs> it was just like it was just darkness with like, yeah, bare lights hanging from the ceiling. Uh and, you know, these enormous sort of shapes cruising in endless circles.
1: Is it, is it the fish version of the uh the bane pit from the Dark Knight Rises?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you know, once in a blue moon, a carp would punch its way out and be elected the CEO of the aquarium, and then break, and then break <laughs> the back of another fish. Just snap it over its big muscly knee. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. exactly how it went down.
2: Oh my God, that is bleak.
0: Yeah, told you it was good. Well,
2: I mean, speaking of bleakness. <laughs> Go can okay, that got a sting in and everything? Um, yeah, this week we've decided to go with winter because win wintry games. Because we had we had such fun last week arguing over yeah, autumnal we- games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> I think we should do the full Vivaldi and and carry on through spring and summer.
2: Well, maybe we will once the season turns again. And it's appropriate because, you know, we're out of BST now as well. So, you know, the darkness descends. Um, So we're going to, yeah, we're going to talk about our favourite wintery games. Although I would like to first raise issue with the fact that Matthew didn't bother to think of his own answers to the question and just went to Twitter. uh, No, I
1: had some ideas and I just went to Twitter out of curiosity to see if people would back me up. Uh, And some of them did. So I think that was okay. We used to put out a call for I mean, a you... call for for input, um, but yeah, I don't think it's wrong. I was just talking to my Twitter followers,
2: to your Twitter pals. We, we've only got your word for it that you'd already thought. Of wow.
1: You to, what can what can I say? You are just going to have to trust me. I'm afraid.
0: A um, oh, winning proposition.
1: Yeah. I actually, I, I. Uh, I had a big question about this winter topic. I, I didn't uh, want to like bring it up later, but I thought I'd get get, get into it up front. Yeah. Are these games that are set in winter that conjure a sense of winter or are just set in cold places? Cause I was thinking like Alaska is like the eternal winter. So it, is yeah. a game set in Alaska actually a winter game, or is it just a game set in snow? Is it got anything to do with winter, or does winter equal snow and cold?
2: Well, that's that, I mean that's a good question, isn't it? I think there's overlap because for us, obviously, things being snowy and cold will evoke winter, mm. uh, you know, Christmas, Christmas lights and things. But to an Australian, Christmas means perhaps something very different weather-wise, you know? Christmas
0: does, but winter does not. An Australian winter is still winter. It just happens contemporaneously with our summer.
2: Yeah, but I'm saying like to us, Christmas is a signifier of winter. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. But, But to an Australian, Christmas is not a signifier of winter. You know? So I'm prepared to be a bit loose, but they still put all like snowmen and stuff it,
0: over Christmas marketing in Australia, which is interesting. It is interesting. That's weird.
2: Um, but yeah, I I I'm prepared to be, but I will sort of. I know there isn't really a point system. It's not like you can win the podcast, but I will, in my own mind, award points for a more kind of metaphorical interpretation of winter. Okay, interesting. 'Cause Because I feel 'cause I feel like saying it's got snow in it is kind of too easy. Well that's it.
1: Because I was thinking like Lara Croft being at the top of a cold mountain isn't necessarily like she could be there in June. It's just it just it's just yeah. it's always cold up there. So
0: Wait, does this mean the hornblower incident has set the philosophical tone for seasonal game discussion? <laughs> I just realised that lot like, the hornblower <laughs> incident <laughs>
1: I didn't actually mean Hornblower as well. I actually meant Master and Commander, the the Jack Aubrey books. But I I, uh, I just got confused with Hornblower. Um, Absolutely amazing. Uh, but uh, I, well, listen, we agreed last week that naval history is is kind of an autumnal. <laughs> Area of
0: let's, let's d- not go back.
2: I don't know if we did agree. I don't know I, if we did.
1: agree. I think we did. I just I didn't. I I just wanted to like lay some stuff out at the front of this conversation, so we didn't <laughs> run into a, a similar problems this week.
2: You're saying you're saying you're stall out early. Well, I mean, I was going to suggest that we sort of uh, briefly discuss Skyrim to get it out of the way, whether we decide it's a winter game or not. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like Skyrim will be orbiting the conversation.
0: Oh yeah, it can come up in every single theme we have, doesn't it? It's this the the good old faithful Skyrim. Of mm. course, yeah. I
2: mean, is it a wintry game?
0: Well, that's good. That's a nice in-depth conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey. Well, that's... I mean, if
0: you remember all the marketing when it came out. It was, you know, it was the Viking Elder Scrolls, one. And Vikings are all about winter. Yeah, they're the winter culture.
2: Because mm. I feel it—it it fits more. It feels more autumn-y to me. But I, that maybe just a personal. I, like nah, it's kind got of all
0: the aurora, vibe. bori was names, and wind, mammoths, all the classic winter stuff. <laughs>
1: That's true. Isn't, does there, have isn't there something in it called Winterhold or something? Or Winter... Oh, uh, um, There's... Yeah. Isn't that it? I I'm, i haven't played a huge amount of Skyrim. I'm not an Elder Scrolls person. I've played from the opening of Skyrim to that first Yarl or whatever it is that you meet. And then I think I walked toward a wizard tower well, yeah. and then got bored and never played it again. So um, <laughs> that's my relationship with Skyrim. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I suppose it is, like a lot of the places you go in it are wintery, cause it, but by dint of it being cold and snowy quite a lot. The, it's, the, it's like the cold and region I,
1: of whatever the, the large continent of Elder Scrolls yeah. is called.
2: But maybe I'm just being a bit unfair because I, I just feel like it's cheating to just be like snowy winter in it.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's got to be an extra bit of... Like if if everyone in it has just learnt to deal with it, then that isn't really winter. Like if 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 they're cult, I in, I, I can't really remember what the tone of the game is. It, like, are they in like, cu- are they like culturally in hibernation, or are they all just getting on with their lives?
0: Oh, no, they're just getting on with it. But, that's their every day.
2: Yeah, I don't
1: know if that's winter.
2: I feel like it's more it's it's more sort of like Norse themed more than it is kind of winter themed. Do you know what I mean?
0: And the Vikings did enjoy a warm day as much as anyone.
2: Very clean as well, weren't they? That was the
0: that yeah, the yeah, very hygienic. Okay, I know you've convinced me. If we're going, if if we're enacting the hornblower protocol um, for the discussion, then I would say Skyrim is not wintry. It is a game for all seasons. But all I'll right, a game that is. Wintry. I'm happy. Here we go, yeah. Because it's the one I forgot to mention last time. But well, then that means last... it's an autumn game. <laughs> well, no, no. I, <laughs> I, I remembered the last autumn DLC for Frostpunk. Ah. Which, uh, ah. which honestly makes Sean Bean look like he's not making an effort to warn people of the arrival of winter. It's, um, <laughs> that whole game is... Ooh. <laughs> The feeling we've had over the last few days—the temperatures have suddenly plunged, and the nights have drawn in early, and all that business Alice was talking about at the beginning—that's just dialed up yeah. to a billion in frostpunk. That's the feeling. It's not just mm. the map, like visually about winter. It's all about just everything going to piss with cold. Oh,
1: difficult. And it's about—I I, think—a key part of winter. Is and I actually quite like winter, so I'm, I'm not like knocking it. But it is the sense of you have to get through this to get to something nice, mm. um, and yeah. that is like the entire pitch of Frostpunk is you just have to get through. Like it's you know there the end is in sight. What what is it that actually marks the end of that game? I
0: can't remember. What are you working towards? Well, I hate to say this. Um, I mean, probably just death.
2: That's what I was good because I thought like in Frostpunk, you, it, it's like, we've just got to get through this and then there'll be something else I to think, get through. So I, I remember like, like the
1: final, strip. There's like a countdown and it's like, it's like in 10 days, it's
0: the big melt or something. No, no, it's the hyper storm that just beasts you. And if oh, you get that through that. Uh, is that you're, what you're trying to do? You're trying to survive a
1: storm and then after the storm, you're just back to winter hellishness again.
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> after the storm, that's left, like a prize basically yeah you're just sort of clinging on by your fingernails it's like well done and it's like was that the nadir of it or was that just a particularly bad day and you you don't know it's
2: uh i I remember you did you talk about this or you wrote about this about how frostpunk is a game that you like experiencing vicariously by watching streams of people playing it or let's plays because it's very grim to actually play but it's kind of fun and interesting to watch someone else have to choose you know should we send the orphans down
0: the mines or should we eat the orphans like yeah exactly it's 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 a spectator crisis for me um i've played it through a couple of times but i've watched it through a good few more than that apart from anything else it really is lovely to look at and that's harder to appreciate when you're freaking out about whether you you know, you've got enough orphan legs to burn to keep your cannibals alive.
2: I've I've never actually... Very s- slow-burning fuel are orphan legs. <laughs> Very efficient, yeah. It's got that that brilliant
1: um, central kind of furnace, and when you turn it on, it kind of whoomps out and starts melting everything. It's like a big steamy oven in the middle, which I really like.
0: Yeah, it's proper steampunk, as it always should have been rather than twee colonialist apologism with cogs stuck on hats like it's it's proper stark you know grandiose but ultimately monstrous victorian engineering it's good stuff
2: i uh that's a very i love that description of (laughs) steampunk I've never I've
1: never finished Frostpunk. I got within like two days of the final hurdle. That is like the end of the game. And uh, my population executed me with just a big burst of steam. They just steamed me to death.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, when you go full dim sum. I love that. <laughs> what a yeah. way to go. That would be horrific. At least I'm, for a second you'd oh, be
1: like... Weird the warmth would be nice for a few seconds compared to
0: how <laughs> grim it's all been. Talk you know. about a silver lining. I respect that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, all right, yeah, accepted. I'll stamp that. That's a that's a wintry game. Yes. Uh, I was going to smugly offer a game that famously has no snow. Actually, I was talking about the theme with um, Vidbud Cullum. Uh and I I said, Well, I thought about this game and he said, Oh that's got snow in it, hasn't it? And I went, No. It's it's heavy rain. There's
0: famously only one type of weather in heavy rain. It's about a man's wife rescuing him from the canal, isn't it? <laughs> oh no, sorry, that's Matthew's life. Um
1: uh, it, it, actually, it had big it, it did have it was such a stupid event, it had big David Cage energy and you were like, oh come on a man getting <laughs> stuck in a tunnel this is ridiculous which is very much how I feel
0: about a lot of heavy rain Did you have to like chew cut off, off your off son's finger? Rain. Isn't that what happens in that game? No, you, you cut off your
2: own finger and you have to choose what you want to cut it off with it's good I say good <laughs> it, It's a thing hev- Heavy rain is I did enjoy Heavy Rain when I first played it, played it and it it has it has big winter energy to me because it's it it's like it's depressing it's it's raining all the time um it's very bleak uh, do you remember all the chat Matthew when it came out about like the rain tech and how good the rain looked yeah everything is all wet
1: uh, the, well I, I more remember just everyone going nuts for the Character models which you look at them now and they're just like kind of laughable, you know. It's always hilarious. What was yeah, cutting it's... edge with like eye tech and now they're just sort of like finger puppets or something.
2: My example for that is always Nathan Drake's shirt. Remember Nathan Drake's shirt?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember a shirt. The fir-
2: well, in fact, when the first Uncharted game, they were like, Nathan Drake's shirt gets dirtier. <laughs> It gets grubby as the game goes on. It was that, and it was also that when he walks near something, he'll put his hand out to sort of touch it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll lean on stuff. It was good, um, but yeah. I, so I played Heavy Rain in the winter uh, in my university house, and it was very cold. Um, it was very bleak mm. as a game because it's about your son being kidnapped by a serial killer who drowns children to prove some sort of point about dads or oh, something. The classic. Um <laughs> Yeah. It was like if but I, it seemed very unfair because it it was like if you you do all these tasks like driving the wrong way down a motorway and cutting your own finger off and killing someone else and whatever, then you love your son enough that you're allowed to rescue your son. But if you die during one of these tasks, like he doesn't let your son go, but surely you've made the ultimate sacrifice and he should be like, oh, sorry, mate, your dad's dead, but yeah, you can go now. You don't have to drown. So that's the
0: same with all these sort of nightmare justice horror things like Saw or Seven and stuff. Like it never, you know, the killer's clearly not thought through the logic of their proposition for more than a few minutes. Which you think you would if you were going to create an elaborate sort of torture bunker?
2: They're just not... Serial killers these days, Mm -hmm. they just don't have, like, internal logical consistency. That's the problem.
1: (laughs) I I Um, always struggle with that game, is that people always bring up, like... A couple of its more nuanced or adult or mature scenes to suggest that it was some kind of leap in storytelling. so they're like, you know, remember the level where you, you make you know you're a single dad and you're having to make like a sad dinner for your son and send him to bed and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I and mean, that's five minutes in it. but this is also a game that does end with like two blokes fighting on a conveyor belt above a trash compactor. I mean like it's fundamentally dumb as hell. I, I But I feel that like everyone's like, the divorced dad bit, and you're like, yeah, well, the rest of it. It's not like, if it was a game about going through a very long, slow custody battle, you know, that would be one thing, but it isn't. It's like, you know, which of these novelty spoons do you want to cut your own finger off with? It's a very different proposition. I have... I had a, I had a trouble with, I had real trouble with Heavy Rain so I reviewed it back in the day and, and I, I wasn't a big fan. I remember some people coming over to me in the office from PlayStation Magazine and, and, and sort of gathering around me and being like, oh, you, uh, you think you're better than Heavy Rain, do you? Kind of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, actually, I'm sorry that you like this bullshit game, but yeah, it's bad and I'm not embarrassed to say that and... You know, if you think it's the hype story, (laughs) but
0: oh
2: god, because the sad divorced dad bit isn't really even that good. Like, you make your son. You can either ignore your son, or you can like give him a healthy snack and cook him a nice dinner. You can
1: fight him on a conveyor belt above a trash (laughs) compactor. That's the third (laughs) option. It's
0: wild. Saw your own hand off.
2: That. Oh, imagine! Imagine how much more impact heavy rain would have made if the serial killer was your in, your oh, son all yeah. along. I would have been. No, she,
1: but you you raised David Cage because, uh, admittedly, I'll put my hands up and say this isn't one I naturally went to. But something that a few people did suggest was Fahrenheit, um, which was the earlier David Cage effort.
2: That that has snow. That's in it, set it? in
1: yeah. That is set in in winter, New York. Um, suffers from a lot of the same problems, but has, has more mm. snow than rain. Also, like, there's that weird bit where you get chased by giant cockroaches around your office. There's also a bit where... Have have either of you played Fahrenheit? Never heard of it. Oh, no, okay, so the, <laughs> the big thing with Fahrenheit is that every character has a mood meter, and if it drops too low by you doing subsequently bad, making bad decisions for them... Um, they'll kill themselves or they'll die basically if that, that's the game over state <laughs> but the thing is there are big things like you know y- you let the criminal escape you don't catch him as the policeman and that might drop you like a hundred points which is like a big you know a big thing but then there are loads of little interactions in the world which drop you by a couple of points and you could get these moments where it's one of those that pushed you over the edge like you go to get a coffee from the <laughs> coffee machine and it's broken so you kill yourself <laughs> It was just—it's one of the daftest games, Um, but I don't know. I got a soft spot for
2: it. That's made me really want to play it. Yeah,
1: it's—it's like it's a lot. It's in a way, it's—it's like a lot cruder than the games he made afterwards. But it's kind of purer. I think it worked. Like in terms of copying, like a thriller film and and the kind of tropes of, of thriller scenes. It it does a better job than his later games, um, but it, it's da- it is daft. But you know, but is it wintry? It's wintry. Yeah, there's lots of snow. Um, you know, and it's the idea of. But there needs to be more I than know, just snow. I guess it's wintry in that it's you know you're trying to solve this mystery and and the nights are growing along and, you know, you've got the natural anxiety of the mystery, but then it's also you're having to to do it, you know, in these kind of quite bleak circumstances and, you know, the police don't really need this kind of crap to be dealing with because it's cold and it's a bit wintry.
2: Well, well, damn it, why do they have to commit murders in in December? It would be great. I'm I'm too cold for this <laughs> <shit>. <laughs>
0: classic line.
2: <laughs> they shot. I bet police
1: do have that conversation. I bet like when they're all sitting in the police um headquarters and it's like December the twenty second and then like a big fat murder comes in, they're all like, Oh no. Like I thought I was gonna have a nice chilled Christmas. But would instead- you reckon they all
0: have a moment of looking at each other and like should you just let them get away with it? <laughs> there's that um i can't remember
1: what the name of it there's a film about these guys that go fishing and then they find the body when they're fishing and they're they're like well the body's dead and if we report it now we'll have to stop our fishing trip so why don't we just leave the body here and report it in like three days uh and go fishing (laughs) and they do this and then they get found out that that's what they've done and it's just about like the moral horror of these three dudes that have Kind of decided to enjoy their fishing rather than report this crime, uh, and like their wives are all like repulsed by it, and the community kind of turns against them. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: that sounds uh, that's quite, that's that's quite harrowing.
1: Yeah, but I wonder if policemen gonna, might do I'm, that. They're like, let's just say the murder happened in New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy Christmas.
2: I don't. I don't think you can do that though. If, if you're a, like. Because cause someone, like a doctor or whoever, will look at the body and be like, that's well old, though. Well, yeah,
1: it's 2020 like taught us anything. It's the police can do what they like. So.
0: <laughs> there you go. I've got another well, game. Uh, it's just My microwave's just pinged. I can take it out and serve it to you if you like. Nice.
2: Yeah, got it. Uh, the
0: Banner Saga? You ever played that? Ooh.
2: No, I know a lot about it. Though. I
0: adore the Banner Saga. It is uh, most notable for being animated like ye olde Disney films. Mm. Like, you know, like Snow White and stuff. Uh, oh, I forget the geezer's name, but he's, he's a legend. Um, Walt Disney. You know, it's that, that very old school nineteen 1950- fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walter Disney, that's it. Yeah. No, it's some other guy who wasn't a monster. Um, But anyway, it's beautiful. And that's kind of Norse themed. But the -hmm. whole premise of the game is it's in this fantasy world that's just the sun's just stopped moving uh, like quite low down in the sky. So you know how the sun's always low in winter? It's like that. 247, seven and everything's balked, and there's a big snake <laughs> like wrecking stuff and there are these knackered giants who've been around forever and they've got horns and they're really sad and they can't like reproduce so they're just slowly dying out and there's a couple of hundred of them left and they're just trudging along miserably with you you know, and, and most of the game is like this convoy management thing where you're just making sort of really melancholy frostpunk type decisions and then it occasionally stops for a bit of tactical turn based combat. But that is is the whole thing is just so melancholy. Mega winter. Mm. Great game.
2: Uh this is a tangent that it's kind of unrelated to anything, but there's a podcast I'm listening to at the moment called the A Lab Podcast, uh, which sounds for like all lawyers are bad or all lawyers are uh rude word. Beautiful. I don't know why I said that I, well, I don't wanna I because Carl will have to beep it out if I say it. Anyway, um uh and uh they talk about um American law and like some famous cases and stuff, and I linked it before because uh they talked about the wolf porn uh fan fiction um uh debacle to which there has been a follow-up Ooh. actually because uh she's now threatening to sue the youtuber who made a video about oh, it. Word. Um but uh the um one of the things they talk about is like the uh, Vic Mignona uh the voice actor uh got accused of being a creep basically. And he s- tried to sue some people for defamation. <laughs> um, and they said, like, his lawyer was really bad and kept making, like, really basic mistakes that then ruined the case. Where well, I think they said, like, it's like if an animal runs in front of your car and instead of just kind of hitting the animal and carrying on, you swerve and kill your entire family <laughs> and yourself <laughs> in a crash. Because <laughs> it's all stuff like, um, uh, they sent, he sent a cease and desist saying like, on this date you tweeted saying uh, Vic Mignona is a piece of shit. This is false and defamatory because he is not a piece of shit. It is it, it is another word for feces and it is impossible for him to be that. Wait, is this the guy who made the Banner Saga? No, this is completely oh, unrelated to the Banner Saga. <laughs> and I, I, I have gone off on like a huge...
0: Oh, my, my friend Gmail to know one. I think you, you're allowed that.
2: Uh, Vic Mio is a famous voice actor who's who used to do a lot of dubs for stuff like Dragon Ball Z. I think. Wow, he's a
0: piece <laughs> please, of
1: shit. Please don't tell me the creator of Banner's is a piece of shit. I don't know if my heart could take it.
2: <laughs> I don't know why that's, that's really tickled yeah, me. <laughs> what <when the, laughs> if... The Banner Saga was made by some ex-BioWare uh, devs, was it not? It was, it, the whole thing was kickstarted. Like the whole mm. games one, two, and three.
0: Is that right? I That's believe great, so. Yeah? yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. yeah, it's a good old trilogy. That the actual combat, to be fair, isn't that great. But as a as a narrative experience, it's uh, it's very strong indeed. Big recommend.
2: Catherine Castles a big she fan. Is, of it, she is, yeah. She's you?
1: she's nuts for it. Uh, when I was asking her to give me suggestions to say on this, <laughs> she said I should say that. Um,
0: You're such a oh, no, cheat. I don't do any You're of my a... own research. Terrible. It's all coming out now, isn't it? Yeah, no.
2: Objection! Objection! You claimed that you'd already come up well, with I ideas should, I before had, you did I was your also, tweet. Like, asking
1: for ideas. You know, I I turned to Twitter followers and Catherine to like, you know, reinforce my ideas
2: you're such a liar <laughs> 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 i got. I got uh, a suggestion
1: well yeah. I think this counts as a winter game I don't know what, how do you feel about Disco Elysium
0: didn't that come up last time
1: yeah did that come up in the autumn chat
0: pretty
2: certain yeah. I'm sure you brought oh, it up as well
0: bums <laughs> you trebuchet yourself into the sun oh god
1: god damn my hazy oh, no, actually, definitions of seasons
0: actually, do
2: you know what no I think we're wrong I think it came up the episode a couple I of episodes we were talking ago about, companions about um, and we were talking side about characters Kim. yeah and companions oh, okay. oh, wow. I think
1: uh, it can, it can I, snow in Disco Elysium
2: it is wintry and it's definitely I think it's good uh, if we're talking sort of metaphorically because the character in it is in the winter of his life is he not surely or at least entering and the town as a whole you know it's a, like a port town in decline
1: and it's got that sort of sense of not necessarily going into like hibernation but people like lock closing themselves in and shutting themselves in their little apartments mm. like it's not that the streets are bustling you know it's kind of all a bit sort of sad and empty and you get the sense of people doing. I don't know, like, a the, the, the sense of an ending of in, in a lot of the things that people are doing, things not really going anywhere. I'm, I was talking about this with Catherine earlier. She didn't give me the idea for Disco Elysium. I, should, <laughs> I came up with the idea. Um, and uh, I was saying that, like, that Kim... Actually, this relates to what I was talking about, about the police putting off the murder. Kim's whole energy is very much like a magazine editor on Christmas deadline. It's kind of like you've got this big case and you just wanted to get it out just done. So you just don't have to deal with this, this mm. crap anymore, but you just want to go home, you know? And, and that is like a big, like end of year energy. I don't know if you get that as well. I you know, when, when it, you're so close to Christmas and you're like, I just need to get this last irritating thing out of the way. And that's kind of the vibe of the case in Disco Elysium. It's just like a, it's like a big irritation that people want to do. And you're like, there's no energy to any of it. Like everyone, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Like everyone's a bit sleepy. I mean, obviously it's the contrivance of a video game that everyone's doing the same thing every day. But the fact that like no one in that town like moves or goes anywhere and it's got mm. like, you know, almost by accident, it becomes like a, captures a big winter end of year sort of flavor that sense anyway i feel
2: yeah i'd back that i, I it's Is Nate dead yeah it's a very maybe Nate
0: uh, i was going to go for did you ever play the lost planet series <laughs> what happened there what what what, what? <laughs> You just didn't
2: speak or make any noise. <laughs> the conversation in a completely Matthew, different direction. You're like, all right, fine. Ma- Matthew, like, Matthew went, is Nate dead? And then there was a pause of like 10 seconds. And then you just carried on talking as if like someone had just rebooted you. <laughs> and
0: you- Something weird has happened there. Because <laughs> I didn't hear anyone accusing me of being dead. I just heard you say, Nate, as if you were prompting me for another game. <laughs> I can imagine how that must have sounded weird. Uh. I don't suppose anyone has played Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I enjoy the snow levels in those games. <laughs> Would anyone like to hear about another video game? Uh. Oh
2: my god. Uh. I mean last week we like Matthew insisted quite bleakly that granddad was the winter of the, the family, mm. right?
0: Because
2: mm. autumn autumn is dad. Yeah. And and uh, uh granddad is <laughs> granddad is the mm. winter. Does
0: that imply that winter I was is the father to think of, of
2: autumn? Of... Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah.
1: Winter kills all the other seasons, doesn't it?
0: Just like (laughs) Grandad.
1: Yeah. Uh, Everyone else does their best throughout the year, and then winter comes and slams the brakes on it all.
0: Actually, this idea is a complete dog egg, (laughs) because winter's the last one standing. And, you know, look, I've dearly loved a grandad, but, you know, they're, they're the first to go, chronologically
1: there we're all granddad in the
0: end are we not if this post if this podcast had a poster that would be the line on it we're all granddad in the end why don't we get that on some merch (laughs) I think we're a (laughs) good 15
1: t-shirts behind Eurogamer and Dicebreaker so we need to start coming up with some zingers for t-shirts I think we're all granddad in the end is is a contender (laughs) (laughs) It's got very different energy to their merch, admittedly.
0: Other merch ideas, Uh, like front of a technical manual style diagram of the RPS Build Your Own Aquarium with no water. That's a gag. I want some badges that that just say, ooh la la, and nice. Nice. A baseball cap (laughs) with, what about Skyrim? Written on it in big plastic gold letters. <laughs> what about Skyrim, though? <laughs> what, about um, what about What's that about? Eight,
2: <laughs>
0: eight. Hey? <Hey? Hey>? Um. <laughs> I had so many games coming into this, but I, I, I didn't realise we were going to enact the hornblower protocol straight away because all of mine are basically, well, we basically all snow
2: levels. I, but that's just cheating. You can't just say... So I, so I was trying to think of, like, games that have big granddad energy, basically. Disco Elysium. Um, but I... But, what, but then, by those t- I feel like Disco Elysium has more, like, divorced dad energy than granddad energy.
1: Divorced dad is, is uh,
0: well on his way to being granddad.
2: Don't starve. Oh, you're fudging the lines a bit there, don't like.
0: like. <laughs> don't starve. There you go. Massive, massive win, win together, and that is.
2: I feel like the podcast is somehow sp- like when when there was that little glitch back there where we couldn't, where Nate couldn't hear us properly. The timeline has sort of split, and now there are two podcasts <laughs> happening simultaneously. <laughs>
0: it's just me confrontationally barking game names into a silence
2: and Nate well yeah uncharacteristically Nate is trying to like cleave to the 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 topic as suggested and is talking about video games oh my god we're on the bizarro
0: podcast oh god
2: yeah me and Matthew are in evil goatees (laughs) talking about Talking about divorced dads and granddads. This is
0: chaos. What's going on? Well, couldn't, no, hang on. All right, let's go back to ancient Egypt, yeah? Let's... <laughs> 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 the land of no winter, admittedly, but the, the, this sort of classic occult symbolism of... Sun and moon and male and female and, you know, all of that, and obelisks and crabs. Um, I'm serious. It's – um have you ever read From Hell, the old Alan Mordy? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's all in there. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's that whole dichotomy between, like, dark, mysterious, watery, <laughs> feminine things and, you know – big hot knobs um i can't remember it very well but what i'm saying is summer summer is you know if anything the patriarch of the seasons and winter surely Ah. is feminine
2: are we saying winter is the grandmother winter is the the kind of uh um oh god what it's called a grandma thingy's mum's name uh, you know the greek the greek myth with hades and the pomegranates demeter winter is demeter but like sad
0: demeter yeah if you like that yeah. yeah it's it's a granny winter's a granny
2: winter's a granny interesting matthew your response i'd say i just i
1: just had this image flash into my head of judy dench walking in lots of autumnal brown leaves and it seemed very natural to me that that might happen
0: Thank you for sharing your fantasy. <laughs> so she, I think she's quite autumnal. <laughs> I've never known a man abandon an idea so totally while in the middle of saying it. I think she's quite uh, autumnal. I think.
2: <laughs> oh my god, we've been talking for it. We need to quick. We need to get into the cavern of lies. Can't take Perhaps, shelter for the let's walk in. Exactly, yeah, quick.
0: The Cavern of Lies.
2: Which this week is presented by the Lich King.
0: Hello, travellers. Oh, well made.
2: You don't have to do the voice. Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: I hadn't planned a Lich King, but that was a spur of the moment thing. So uh Yeah, welcome. Um it's really cold outside. So pour yourself a nice mug of um know, spiced Ribena, mm. Get By The Fire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to present to you yeah. a series of snow levels from Famous Games. <laughs> and no, you're bloody not, sunshine. That's a cockney uh, walking in and smashing me to the floor. Um, oh, did you just... Do- <laughs> to, to
2: before... Before we started recording this, Nate told me he had an idea that he wanted to do, but it's so completely unrelated to winter that he couldn't really find an excuse for it. And I see, Nate, I predict that you've not bothered to find an excuse. (laughs)
0: Look, I've got a bit, okay? The bit is unfolding. Okay. The bit unfolds. Yeah.
1: I want to see where this goes.
0: Now then, we ain't got time to muck around with any of that nonsense. Uh... Says the Cockney, who I'm now going to be, so I don't have to narrate his actions. Okay. Um, (laughs) So you see, London's f. (laughs) 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 Nate's been playing a lot of Watch Dogs Legion for review. And you could say that game's about a city in the winter of its discontent. Uh Oh my God. It's. Been taken over by those bleeding gits at Albion. Right. And it's just a we've paid a- promotional spot for Watchdog's Legion. Look, honestly, the last person they'd want to uh to market <laughs> that game is me. Um and anyway. Um uh, I'll let the cock I'll summarise the cockney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's um he he needs to assemble a, a a team of operatives to take back the city from the fash. And so he's presented you with a series of dossiers uh, of real NPCs from Watchdogs Legion, selected as a as a grab bag. I just walked down the street and captured the profiles uh, of of the first string of people I saw, mm. and four of these five are genuine cheeky cockney sparrows ready to turn into hair-trigger death machines at a moment's notice if you inspire them. The fifth is is a rotten C-word from Albion, okay. uh, dressed up as a goodie. Um, who will annihilate you with his flat cap if you uh, if you choose wrong now yeah? so <laughs> all right five people from watchdogs legion and one of them is an imposter Ooh. you ready okay born ready this is going to be difficult <laughs> this will be tough this will be tough oh sorry uh i've miscounted there's uh there's six uh, but they're quite short okay Okay. So the first is Anne Hathaway. Uh, She's an activist uh, for which she earns a salary of £16,000 a year. Uh, She published the book Hacking Capitalism. Uh, She moderates a knitting forum, is allergic to sugar, is a member of the Liberal Democrats, Mm -hmm. and purchases owl stickers in bulk. Oh my I
2: didn't know it had so many. This does sound like a paid promotion now. But I'm like, I didn't realize that it had so many facts about each of the NPCs. That Actually, that-
1: reference to Lib Dems in this
0: game? There is, or is there? Let's carry on.
2: I I think there is because this is maybe a bit cheaty, but Nate shared a screenshot uh, when he first started playing that had like a woman who was like some kind of like anarchists it was like she's an anarchist but also a member of the tory party right
0: (laughs) oh that was the one of the ones i was going to use so i'm going to scrub her off the list (laughs) Grats, there's five again sorry (laughs)
1: self-hating activist
0: uh you ready for our our second yeah uh, our would-be revolutionary (laughs) so this is uh, oh i want to describe how they look as well sorry that's part of the fun Uh, So Anne Hathaway, the 16 grand a year activist, um, is wearing a a black T-shirt with a distorted red skull on it. Uh, She has aggressively triangular earrings, Blues Brothers sunglasses, a beanie, (laughs) and a leather jacket with spiked studs all over the sleeves.
1: Mm. Like a punk
0: or a sex person. Next up is Rod. No, she'll save him. Let's have Ian Harrison. Um, He's a podcaster, an amateur bare knuckle boxer, (laughs) Uh, and he's he's a handsome fellow. Sort of looks like a black Wolverine, I suppose, uh, with a a neat goatee and a shirt covered in stars. Uh, He's twenty nine, and for his podcasting and Bare knuckle boxing. He makes twenty eight grand a year. That's all right.
2: He shames. Wait, what's? Sorry, what's Ian? Ian Harris. What's his last name? Ian Harrison.
1: Ian Harrison, the boxing podcaster, the, the
0: fighting podcaster, and he uh shames cue cutters on social media. He attends a support group for hoarders. He's an aspiring beekeeper. Donates to a communist organisation and holds a video game speedrunning record. Mm.
2: He's a he's quite a renaissance
0: man. There's a spread of interests there for him. Oh, Ian. he's a veritable polymath. Yeah. Hmm. We got a uh, 36 year old Graham Anderson uh, next, who's a cryptocurrency analyst and looks. These are all horribly plausible, mm, right? Mm. He looks like a cool egg. Um, he's also got a goatee, but it's one of those sort of new metal jobs where there's no moustache, mm. just the little beard bit. Um, and he's got a sort of uh, a bit like a a monochrome version of a Jocks jacket from the nineties, uh, I guess. And he's wearing an extraordinarily low cut grey top under that. And he's got these uh, circular pastel red sunglasses. Uh, he played the melodica in a reggae band. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. He's climbed Everest. He was born in Jamaica, <laughs> and he has marched in a pride parade. The
2: oh, the, okay. the the melodica. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I I because I was. Prepared to just tick him off as real straight away, but the melodic that's,
1: that's a danger word in video games. <laughs> <laughs> like that is not
2: that is not a word
1: someone at Ubisoft would reach for.
0: Well, well we'll, we'll, we'll see. we'll see. Um, next up, we have got Colin McCrudy, and he's a professional drone racer. Um with a broken spine. <laughs> uh he's he's forty-eight, makes a salary of hundred and forty-three thousand a year. Uh well, drone <clears throat> racing is big business. It is. And Colin uh wears an unusual outfit that sort of uh <sighs> It's sort of last of the summer wine but with a cyber goth edge. And I wish I could say I was kidding about that. <laughs> uh, he's got a sort of one of those combat trousers, belts, you know, with a sort of no-nonsense clip, uh, but a tweed waistcoat, and mm. then an overcoat with these sort of sheriff's buttons on. Uh, it, I found him in, like, hipster country in the East End. And uh Watchdogs does split its fashion by borough, so he is dressed quite ridiculously. Anyway, Colin uh is legally dead. <laughs> um he has bought nutritional supplements on the dark web. Yeah, posted haven't we all posted multiple selfies at Westminster Abbey. Uh and was born in Swansea, Wales. So that's Colin McRudie, the drone racer.
2: I would like to just go on a small tangent about my actual dad, uh, because he genuinely uh, buys, it's not exactly the dark web, but he he, uh, has several times now uh, got Lyme's disease from being bitten (laughs) by a tick. Oh no. Several times like, like web, as in, as in more than twice. Ticks up and at this dog. point,
1: <laughs> weird.
2: He might be because the amount of times he's had it is ludicrous, and he keeps saying to me like, "Well, once you've had it once, the ticks can smell oh, it." No, like, <laughs> that
1: isn't true. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> and 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 uh, and and. At this point, he's basically like, whenever he gets like a twinge or whatever, he's convinced he has Lyme's disease. Can't be asked to go to the doctor, so he just buys like antibiotics from Poland.
0: How does one? <laughs> and then just like, right then, you muppet, no tangents in the bloody Kevin alive. Oh, I'm so sorry, Cockney man. So- we to take sorry. London back. Well, of course. Sorry. <laughs> he's look, he's he's put on his pig with a cigar hat. Now he's not mucking around. <laughs> Um, All right, okay, sorry. So next up is uh, Roger Hamilton, the 33-year-old beautician, um, who's wearing, interesting, the same uh, distorted red skull shirt that Anne Hathaway was wearing, only he's got a lovely uh, maroon leather jacket, looks vintage, and uh, he's sort of got one of those BDSM hats. Um, it's like an army one, that's sexy. Uh, and he's... <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, that's like... like
1: the, one of those hats, like, I have any idea what those hats look like.
0: You know, like a sort of a dominatrix hat. Like a gimp mask? No, like a, the hat. It's like a army hat, but... What are you, like but a, it's sexy. Like a helmet, like a, or like a cap? It's like a cap, you know? No? No. <laughs> it's like, you know, um well, like a biker. Like a Thunderbird? Can- oh, so yeah, like, like Thunderbirds. Like sexy Thunderbirds. He's Yeah, he looks exactly like an erotic Thunderbird is what I'm saying. Mm. And he earns 150 mm. grand, no, sorry, 15 grand a year for being a beautician. Um Good news, his prostate cancer's in remission. Bad news. Both of his parents are currently serving life sentences. <laughs> Blimey! What a, what a story. He's commissioned an artist to draw his persona. He's an anti-violence activist, and he frequently opens an English to Gaelic translator app. Right. So there's your there's your okay. there's your squad. Um, very briefly, then we've got Anne Hathaway, um, who's the activist, um, there's Allergy Ian Harris. Yeah, yeah, she's allergic to sugar. You've been taking notes. And purchases owl stickers in bulk. Don't forget that. Uh, there's Ian Harrison, the bare-knuckle podcaster. Graham Anderson, the cool egg cryptocurrency analyst. Uh, Colin McCrudy, the legally dead professional drone racer. Sexy Thunderbird Roger Hamilton, the beautician. Oh, and that's it.
2: That's it. Yeah, because I rumbled your other one, didn't it? Um, one of those is an imposter, right?
0: But same rules apply, as usual. Right. have to take them out one by one.
2: <laughs> right, right. So listen, mm. I'm pretty convinced that it's one of the last two. It's either Roger Hamilton or Colin McCrudy.
1: The the like the weird detail of wearing the same T-shirt as Anne Hathaway is, is
2: a bit seems a bit suspicious to me. I'm also suspicious because three of them have names starting with H-A last names Uh, so I feel like one of them is fake and of them Roger Hamilton sounds preposterous Colin McCrudy, right Colin McCrudy is the closest because he right going into this Nate knew he'd have to sort of do normal names right (laughs) So, <laughs> so he couldn't have the he couldn't have one of them but you know, it couldn't be like Anne Hathaway, Graham Anderson, and like Brief Wellington. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or which one of those is fake?
0: Derek like, Sabloi's Col- dark web, yeah.
2: Yeah. But but <laughs> but Colin McCrudy sort of sounds like Nate trying to come up with a normal
0: name <laughs> see you don't suspect the man who played the melodica in a reggae band anymore Graham Anderson I'm
1: still sus- I, the, the, the word melodica is very odd to be included in okay well can
2: we can we give a, can we give a, a nice to Ian Harrison
0: nice to, to- Nice.
2: Okay. Um,
0: He's on the team.
2: How do you feel about? How do you feel about Anne Hathaway? But the name. Matthew? The name's
1: obviously a little bit like.
2: Mm. But
1: I don't know.
2: But I think like I, they, you know, like when you're putting your um, uh, you know, names into a random name generator, I'm sure you throw in, you know. Oh yes. Celebrity yeah word.
1: I, I, I Yeah, I feel okay about this one, like the Lib Dem thing and the allergic to sugar's a bit weird, but I don't I don't really know the tone of the I, game I'm, well enough, but I I think she's nice. I nice. think
0: she's nice. Uh she's allergic to sugar, but you're allergic to bullshit. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anne's on the squad. She's currently tearing down the gherkin with a cyber wrench.
2: all right so we're left with graham anderson colin McCrudy, and roger hamilton now graham anderson his chin beard just sounds a lot like the chin beard the character i one of the characters i had at preview had so this is what's hmm. his profession again graham anderson
0: uh he's a cryptocurrency analyst yeah, and seventy-four grand a year doing that. Yeah.
2: Mm. These people are all like earning so much higher than the the average wage. Well, it's inflation. And yet they're all like, like, if I was earning that much, would I be asked to? <laughs> <laughs> to take down yeah, the country. I would the yeah. revolution. It f- feels
1: like the world's working perfectly fine for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: cynically <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, th- I
2: think,
1: I think he, I think he's a nice.
2: We're okay yeah. with Graham. Okay, We think Graham Anderson's nice. a nice. Oh,
0: well, I hope you enjoy. Listening to your melodica heavy reggae records because he is nice.
2: Uh-huh. Yes, right, okay. Oh, Burnt down so power down to- bridge
0: with electric scissors.
2: Oof. Steady on, Graham. <laughs> so, <we left> an <laughs> right, so we're down legally
1: to- Dead drone racer and a beautician mm. who Call had it- cancer, and both his parents are murderers. Uh, just serving life sentences. All I right, mean? I wouldn't go to a beautician if I knew both their parents were murderers. I would say that reflects that reflects poorly <laughs> on them. I don't really know why. I just, I, I just the vibe of that shop would be odd. Do you think crime is
0: heritable? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but no, it would be it would be just like an undercurrent of like when, one can tell from the shape of a skull or <laughs> yeah. whether yeah. or not to... <laughs> i just don't know if like if they were two separate murderers that's pretty impressive
2: what but you've invented the murder yeah, there's thing, other though.
0: crimes i mean this is you know Mm. Bloody nightmare, future London. They might have well, just no, like, sh- drawn a prime should, minister yeah, should, with you, a bum for a face.
1: It's not the sins of the father and mother in this case. It's uh, I take that also, back.
0: You, you're not judging whether he's a nice man. You're <laughs> judging whether he's. Real. Well, that's kind of what I've been doing with all these people. <laughs>
2: <Huh>. <laughs> um. Now listen. Let's go serious. I'm leaning. I'm leaning quite heavily towards Colin McCrudy because I think. Nate, when nate came up with the kind of uh um the tweed and kind of um last of the summer wine angle for the description and then realized that was preposterous even by the standards of the game and then had to come up oh, with, I found- uh, because the fashion the fashion is uh separated by borough it's not Surely. Or he also said
1: he found all these people in the same place and then was like, this guy was from this borough. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a there's a definite stench on this guy.
2: Yeah, he's from last Hamilton, He's
1: trod a, in a cow pat while out on a walk and he's walking it all around the cabin of lies, <laughs> It stinks. <laughs> it stinks of cow pats.
2: <laughs> and then Roger Hamilton. Funny. He's
0: legally now, which one dead, is it? he, he not have a spine. <laughs> no, no, no. Colin McCrudy is legally dead, oh. but that's because the game is full of people who, like, you know, can, tra- yeah, can change your identity and stuff. That's pretty normal. Um, he has got a broken spine, right. uh, but he can still walk because of, you know, I don't know, future therapies. A lot of them have got quite odd facts about them, as you may have noticed. Yeah. Uh, Roger Hamilton was the guy with the sexy Thunderbirds hat, oh, um, mm. and commissioned an artist to draw his persona, anti-violence activist, uh, 33.
2: I think Roger is real. I think
1: he's well because I listened to uh, I, I listened to a little review video, and you were talking about how like obnoxiously online every character was. That persona thing that feels like. That's, that That feels like uh something the game would have come up with, not you. that sounds right.
2: okay, all right, so we're going to
0: welcome Roger and his persona. nice nice yes he's uh, he's just jumped in a giant mecca, which looks like a tiger's dick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope this is all stuff that that exists in the game, Nate otherwise some of our listeners would be very disappointed. Well, not
0: the mecca. Uh, admittedly. It's not that sort of future. Um, but furries are mentioned quite a lot, actually, in the character bios. Anything that sounds internet, he is. Yeah. yeah. But, of course, uh, uh, everyone else has been chosen now. Colin McCrody is really sweating. Uh, Get him, Cockney. Brian, <laughs> you soppy fucking maffits. I'm going to give you a dose of the old Ludo narrative dissonance. Um. And he, uh, he cyberpunks him right up. <laughs> the wow. scene is indescribably bloody. Uh, well done. Amazing. You've taken back London. <laughs> yes.
1: Yay. <laughs> what a winter win wonderland
0: me. this was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow that was wonderful i yeah i was sort of imagining it was going to be like you know when you go to a garden center at christmas and they have like a room full of christmas decorations Mm -hmm. and you know but then a cockney barreled in and smashed everything
1: (laughs) made us (laughs) execute one of his
0: friends (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, what a coward making making you you guys select the traitor yeah thank
2: you the lich king you're welcome uh, very good. Um, well, I, you know, it didn't go as off the rails as I'd feared. It didn't stay on the rails necessarily. Uh, and I hope that the listener enjoyed that discussion, uh, in the electronic wireless show, uh, episode 115, the wintry Games special <laughs> featuring a bit about cockneys <laughs> and watchdog season in the middle. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thank you very much uh, for joining me. And all that uh, remains now is for us to do our recommendations because each week we recommend something that is not a game. Uh, I can go first.
1: Recommend away.
2: People. Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't done this before. Uh, I'd like to recommend, I might have done it before but I'd like to officially recommend uh, Catherine Castle, our hardware editor, has a very good uh, book-themed Instagram. Ah. A bookstagram um, where she takes really lovely pictures of all the books she has uh, and then does um, really good reviews um, of the books she has read. Um, And it's really good, especially for... um, uh, foreign language books the translations thereof um lots of really good recommendations uh and her her to read pile must be terrifying because i ha- i get paralyzed when my pile of books to read goes over about 5 and hers must be about 90 yeah. high
1: stacks of the things
2: bloody bloody door stoppers yeah. eh yeah anyway um, so I would like to recommend that it's very good, worth a look. Very good. There you go. Uh,
1: I will recommend Matthew. Um, I feel bad that I didn't recommend my wife's thing, but there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to recommend a book I'm reading at the moment called "How Done It," like "Who Done It," but "How," which is describes itself as a masterclass in crime writing by members of the Detection Club. And the Detection Club is a bit like a, uh, it sounds like, I think it's like a a dining club, but for crime writers only, and you get invited in, and it's one of these things that was invented by sort of, you know, Agatha Christie era writers of that ilk. Um, And Mm. basically, the current president got loads of the writers' uh, living and existing essays from those that are dead, just on the subject of how to write crime fiction. And the book's got ton, uh, loads of, it's a big old thing, 500 pages, loads of little bits on like how to but, how yeah. to construct a brilliant clue and, you know, how to kind of, you know, whether to pick a policeman or an amateur sleuth and, you know, a whole mix of stuff. She's got very old school, kind of whodunit, kind of Agatha Christie style stuff, right up to like Ian Rankin talking about Rebus and things. Um, yeah, it's really good. I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so How Done It, I, uh, very much recommended if you are into f- crime fiction.
2: Jolly
0: good. Nate. Now, listen up. Oh, no. Landon's <laughs> f- Oh, God.
2: <laughs> Stop. Stop saying that. I
0: have to write down <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm just really amused by the idea of it being paid promotion by Ubisoft. Sorry. Um. No, uh, London's not effed, uh, but your fish tank very much might be, if you don't keep following uh, the instructions I give you each week, uh, in order to take it back from uh, authoritarian control, uh, you're going to want to stock it full of fish. Now, before we start talking about fish to put in it, I'm going to recommend a website to you, which is really good for finding out about the different things different fish need. To exist. And it is seriouslyfish.com, uh, which is a massive database Ooh. of pretty much every freshwater fish uh, you can keep in the home. Uh, it's got species profiles. Uh, it's also got like articles, as if it's like a magazine uh, on the front page at the moment. Uh, there's Mike Ophir talking about boaty fishes of the Modesta complex, a video on saving the Corfu killifish. And eight new genera described in a major review of Herrick in cichlids. Oh yes, um, to Ooh. me that's solid gold. Uh, so seriouslyfish.com, dot If you are yeah, if you have a tank set up and you're looking to stock it, that's a great place. Uh, as for my real recommend, well no, that, that's more real than anything. Really, uh, in terms of my buy the book recommendation this week, uh, it's a it's a practical thing. If you're a, a parent or soon to be a parent of a babby, um can I sincerely recommend cloth nappies to you? Uh, we're currently potty training our daughter, so we're waving that era of foulness behind. Um, but cloth nappies were a massive effort saver. Uh, everyone says, oh, you'll last four weeks, uh, thinking it's a massive, um, yeah, hassle. But no, they're, they're really not. And um, obviously, they're better for the world as well. So yeah, cloth reusable nappies. A, that's the Jesus's wooden cup of uh, recommendations. Uh, <laughs> but as as we know, that saved Indiana Jones's life. Nice. It is real. Nice.
2: Yeah. Uh, amazing. Good spread of wrecks this week. I'm going to try and. and- all my ones have been book ones recently, but that's basically, apart from games, that's what I do. I just read stuff. Um, so I'll try and do something else. I did a music one that people quite liked. so I might do another music one. Um, I don't recommend getting trapped in a tunnel. Don't get trapped in a tunnel. that's my recommendation. Good. <laughs> that's a good one. It's that like I get across every week, you know on Bake Off every week where they go like, if you've got any advice for the bakers doing the technical challenge this week and every in week they go read the instructions carefully oh yeah all right Don't put glass in here's it here's prue should i turn the oven on jesus um Ooh. anyway <laughs> uh thank you very much listener for listening to this 100 uh, episode 115 of the electronic wireless show rock paper shotguns gaming podcast and the only podcast you need in my opinion uh we are on the twitters at rock paper shot we're on Facebook, Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Uh, we're on the YouTubes, youtube.com forward slash Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Um, we have uh, a merch store where we will try and get some of those amazing merch ideas that we spitballed just now <laughs> on the podcast, uh, which is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Rock, Shotgun. And of course, for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, for all the stuff we talked about this week, check the show notes on the website, um, where you will also get a link to the Discord, where you can hang out and talk about how great the podcast is. Remember to tweet about it and tell your friends how good it is using the hashtags uh, FatBlood and hashtag big, big Oats. Oats. Let's, let's get a brand going. Yes! I think we need to
1: say <laughs> it more before it can become a brand.
0: I
2: say it at least once per episode, just at the very end. I know all we right, Next week we'll afterwards. say it loads.
0: I'm like a hype man for big oats.
2: Yeah, we'll do it loads next week. We'll work it in naturally, just just organically. Just make
0: large grains, the uh, theme next week.
2: All right, next week the theme will be oat related somehow. Oh, no. Breakfasts, maybe, and then we can talk about porridge. Oh, I don't know, things. something like that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Thank you very much for joining me, the Lich King. And thank you very much for joining me, Jack Ross.
1: Uh, no worries.
2: <laughs> uh, I've been Alice Bell, and uh, we will now say goodbye. Goodbye, Bye-bye. everyone. Love you. Bye. Bye.